Oh, it's your favorite time of the week. All your work is done, and it's time to relax. So come, grab some friends, and let's get lit and join the rotation. You are now in the rotation with Suncoast Normal. We are your host, your Suncoast Normal Executive Board, and we say it's time to legalize it. Okay, does that mean, it, that, we're, it, does that mean we're on now? It said go, so that means go. So. Well, you know something? It's Sunday, and it's time to jump into the rotation. <laughs> was that too loud? No, that was smooth as hell. That was smooth as hell. Okay, so so you know for future when the computer screen says go, you go. Why? You don't need my me to tell you to go. Oh, okay, that makes sense. The computer just tells you to go. Speaking of go, did you I saw you go to the uh, talent show this last Friday. Uh, that is a very good segue, Gary. And yes, I did. Not only was I there, but Chillum had a booth, and I was a judge. I got to judge the talent. I'm the most untalented person in the world, but I still judge people's talent. I did not stay for the finals because my bedtime was way past that time. Well, Gary, you're an old man and you know, you can't <laughs> be out in Ebor past like what, like 10 PM. Oh uh, no. That, 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 otherwise the cops come and get me. <laughs> so for my, my ankle bracelet goes <laughs> off for you guys that don't know, we had the, uh, Suncoast Normals got talent, uh, showcase ha- uh, that happened this past Friday, having a crowbar. It was a great time. Rio Paris was the MC. We had some great musical talent. Uh, Sunsetters, Jessica Rose, Varian were all there. And we had Tom G there as the celebrity guest judge. I like Melissa Rose. What? I like Jessica Rose. Jessica Rose, honestly, is like one of my favorites, man. She's got a very powerful presence on stage. That's the thing about Jessica Rose is that like you talk to her and she's so sweet and kind and you know, Oh, it's sick. Thank you for having me. And then she gets on stage and she just fucking belts into this. She's Valerie, Valerie. That's, that's one song I've seen her do before. Oh, okay. Is that like the old song from, um, no, that's uh, Amy Winehouse. Again, Gary, you're, you're, you're an old guy. I didn't get a chance to say Amy Winehouse yet. What happened? I was going to say Amy Winehouse. Oh, you were going to say Amy Winehouse? Well, the hell with it now. I'm not going to do it anymore. I, I'm sorry. Are you mad at me? Absolutely. Okay, I'm sorry. You're Look, not. I just you're, got you're, used you're... to smashing pumpkins, okay? <laughs> you're, you're, you're not an old man, Gary. Smashing pumpkins still a very good band. Oh, there you go. <laughs> and, and fish spelled wrong. That's also a good one. I, I, Best I heard. I, ne- I never even understood that that was like a band. No, I got, I got into jazz long before that. I got into um, Warnett Coleman's daughter, and uh, of course, got into the funk when I was a kid, back, you know, George Clinton, that kind of stuff. That stuff, almost, you have to be high to listen to it to really enjoy it. Well, I mean, not really, but that's, that's possible. That's something that a lot of people don't think about, Gary. And that's something that, like, we do, like, whenever we hold uh, some sort of, like, really a normal Suncoast normal style event has music there and, like, local artists and whatnot. And a lot of people don't understand the connection with marijuana and music. 
Absolutely. Um, the first time I truly felt free as a marijuana user was at a concert. Louis Armstrong, the great Louis Armstrong, had once said that he would prefer to have his band be able to use cannabis because he felt that it made them much better musicians because they were much more tuned to, to working with the music as opposed to against it because mm -hmm. they weren't thinking as much and they were just uh, living the, the uh, music more. Well, um, a lot of like the reefer madness too um, comes from music as well because of, uh, you know, a lot of it was centered around jazz. That's right. You know, those, those evil, evil jazz musicians. Yeah. <laughs> ah. They're going to get your daughter high and get her pregnant, and then she'll, you'll have a little jazz baby. But we, we had a great time on Friday. We, we, yeah, it was a really good time, and it's important to, to you know, kind of recap why we were there. We were uh, raising money for legalization. Yep. You know, we were using people's talents to to bring people in and whatnot, but the goal was really to educate uh, the, the audience. And I think we did a very good job of explaining why marijuana was illegal and why, uh, you know, the racist tendencies behind marijuana and blah, 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 blah. But uh, we really were able to educate quite a few people um, from a different demographic than marijuana uh, activists really educate. And, and some of the comics actually got the actual idea about that. <laughs> some, of, some of them didn't, but that's okay. That's just, you know, their act. <laughs> some of them had good sets and some of them had bad sets. But who, who ultimately was the winner? Um, so it was uh, – I can't remember her name. Uh, I believe it was Brittany. I'm going ah, to... Brittany, the one who did Etta James. Yeah, let me... Let See, me... That, you call me old. I and mean, the lady, lady who sings Etta James is the one who wins <laughs> our contest. <laughs> well, Etta I, James isn't even alive anymore. I'm, I hear that. I'm going to attempt to find a video that Deb posted on Facebook of the winner so we can show people like how awesome her talent was. So, Gary, you should talk a lot while I'm and, doing and this. And Rio did a fantastic job as MC. He kept folks going. Uh, I'm, some of those jokes that he threw out there, I'm glad I didn't bring my wife. But that's not her genre, you, you know? You know, uh, it's, uh, people uh, <laughs> tend to be a little... Uh, uh, has, you, Rio's co comedy is a little controversial. I'll give, I'll give you guys that. And he definitely said some things that really, like, you know, like uh, some people uh, didn't agree with. And but that's the thing is, like, Rio is a true comic. Um, he's not there really to offend anybody. He's not trying to offend anybody. Rio really is just trying to make you laugh. And if you think about things through that that avenue you know you tend to get a little less offended well as, as opposed to people on, face, on facebook who are really trying to offend somebody <laughs> oh geez are you ready for that that was that was very i don't i don't i don't think you could hear that on the i don't know i have no idea this is the video though this is no that's jessica rose yeah this is this is it just keep talking. Gary. This, is, a, this is the kind of semi-professional work you get when you watch the rotation. <laughs> it's called, we'll get it right eventually. Gary, keep on talking. No problem. <laughs> See, while I'm doing this, now I get a chance to talk about my version of Adam and Eve. Okay? Oh, Jesus Christ. I've been trying to get this story out now for a week, maybe a year or so. And every time I try talking about it, you cut me off. All right. So anyways, yeah. so in the beginning... <laughs> God created heaven and earth, or if you wish, even you're agnostic all a bit, let's just change it a little bit. In the beginning, Carlos created heaven and earth. 
<laughs> so um <laughs> so sorry to cut you off there gary i'll bet you this, are this i'll bet video, you are right her name was Brittany, and Brittany is the person that's got talent in the psychos Donald's best of the bay show and you could tell she is one hell of a singer just from this uh, <laughs> Yeah, Anna James is hard hard to to pull off, but she did a damn good job. Mm-hmm. 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 Okay, we're done. So what were you saying, Gary? <laughs> I'll bet you anything. If I try starting that story again, you'll throw some other video on top of me, right? No, no, I'm done with the videos. Oh, okay. No, well, we, we got to get serious about a couple of different items here. But uh, yeah, we had a great time. It was, we, we got some new members and we got more funds so that we can work on legalization. And so we can work on uh, fixing things. Now we got politics we got to deal with, you know. Now, obviously, we'd love to have everybody be a, what to call a single issue voter, but cannabis isn't always the most important thing in the whole world, unfortunately, to a lot of people. I've heard people saying, why hasn't Biden already got it uh, legalized and all that bit? It hasn't happened in the last 30 years, but he's going to get it done in six months. But uh, the fact is, we do have other things we got to take care of right now, like infrastructure and all that kind of stuff. And those kind of things do kind of cross back and forth. I mean, there's two real ethical uh, schools of thought here, Jerry. And like one of them is we need to take our time. We need to take baby steps. I'd like to call it baby step ethics, where, you know, every bit of progress is like celebrated. But like um here's my school of thought and i used to really have this <laughs> this <whole laughs> high lift <laughs> we used to really have this whole uh, 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 uh i used to have that baby uh step school of thought when like amendment two was going through in florida and we were working towards medical yeah four years of baby steps just to get to this point but where are we at now you know what i mean like we really haven't taken many steps forward we we have medical marijuana but it's an an, an restrictive and exploit uh, you know, exploited. I can't say the word. <laughs> Exploitative. I think that's the right Expl way to say. It. Yeah, exploitative. <laughs> exploitative system. Not exploitative. So, so listen, 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 listen. So here's the thing: marijuana and people synergistic relationship, right there, right? Marijuana and people just fit in perfectly together. Marijuana and people have co-evolved together for centuries, centuries. Evolution. Right? We should Evolution, yeah. have Science. this plant and we should have it now. There, we should be able to grow it in our backyards. We should grow it in our house. And we really don't need to take any baby steps. Like, as a matter of fact, the one maybe one of the worst things we could do is take baby steps because we need this plant now. A lot of people are suffering. We can't tell people who are dying from marijuana or dying from some sort of disease, right, that they can't have their marijuana because they can't afford it. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. Now, now I know we're going to get some controversy about this, but I get people saying, how could they have possibly produced a vaccine after only a couple of months and, and put it into the population? Yet everybody's saying, you know, we need to, we need to speed this up, we need to speed that up. But uh, that was never, and that needs to be slowed down, way down. The problem is there's more mortality involved there. Yeah. 
So, I mean, I, I think the when it comes to things like mortality and people's health and people's well-being, we shouldn't be taking baby steps. Steps. We need to legalize this shit now. We need the corona vaccine, virus vaccine right away. We need to make sure that people get the relief they need as soon as possible. So why the fuck do we need to take baby steps? <laughs> well, let's put it this way. The year 1900. Do you know what the main cause of, of premature death was, as in a death before the, the uh, current uh, uh, lifespan? Polio, right? Infectious disease in general, yes. Okay. Yeah, we're, not, we're so used to the number one diseases being cancer, heart attacks, diabetes. At that point in time, the two biggest causes of death were infections and accidents. Mm. And why have things changed so much? Why, have, why do we see more, so, much, so much more autism, so much more Parkinson's? So many more other infections like ALS. We really didn't have much of any notification of this back at the, at the turn of the, the uh, 20th century. Is this endocannabinoid deficiency theory? That's exactly where cool. we're going with this because that is where, where it stands. Now, if we talk about at the beginning of time, now possibly not, not necessarily the biblical one, but you know the, uh, the science one. Like the real one. Yeah. The whole idea is that this is the, and this is the theory, and it works pretty well for me. And that is that because that plant was there, those species who developed an endocannabinoid system that could utilize that plant were the ones that moved forward. That was the uh, survival of the fittest. That was origin of the species kind of shit. Wow. Or, if you wish, if you're religious, this is perfect proof of intelligent design. Mm. Because how else could you have a plant that has a, a chemical in it that is so much similar to a, a uh, chemical that we ourselves produce. I mean, it's, 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 it could be explained through uh, thousands and thousands of years of evolution. But, but it's, it's lock and key situation. But, I mean, let's go with the religious one. Let's not get into this debate now. <laughs> let's not, let's, I, I like where you're going here, so let's keep going. <laughs> but the whole point is, is that throughout our evolution, the reason we exist as a species is because cannabis was there to make us well. To be able to get, well, when we were in, in nature, where we were constantly being bombarded by viruses and insects and predators and things of that sort, we survived. We, we grew. I mean, those of you who are into the stone ape theory, are you familiar with that one? The, the, the apes got stoned? Yes, as a matter of fact. Okay. By, by eating um, psilocybin mushrooms and, uh, and cannabis, I... they expanded their brains, and so therefore they became smarter. Whoa. Wow, I didn't, I didn't, I've never heard that one. That's pretty cool, though. And and that's how we evolved from. Uh, so the jump start for evolution was like these psychedelics. Exactly right, because once the brain started to expand, and they could, we could start uh, understanding our uh, our world and all that kind of stuff. Okay. It, we we grew as a species, and uh, now we're here. And now some of us are devolving, unfortunately. But mm. that's that's just a political party, so don't worry about that. Mm. But uh, we, we're dealing with that, and we're, we're moving forward. And, I, and I, I guess the only problem with evolution right now is that things do evolve. Everything evolves. Humans evolve, and unfortunately, this industry has evolved or devolved, depending on where you put it. Because when I got started with this, I thought, wow, we are going to make cannabis legal for medical use. And all of a sudden, everybody's going to have access to this plant that used to be in our food stuff back at the turn of the century. And now it's hard to get. It's all regulated and things of that sort. But, we, but we're going to have access to it. It's going to be wonderful. I never, never saw the tsunami of business that was going to wash across the entire cannabis industry and literally take control over it. It's being controlled right now, as a matter of fact. Yeah. 
I, I mean, don't, I don't want to blame this on business. <laughs> well, you're, you're the NBA, so you help us figure this out. Well, well, I really don't want to blame this on business. I, I, I really think the issue is uh, regulations on those businesses uh, causing causing the issues here. And I'll give you an example. Um, I worked in the business in California. A lot of people feel that the business uh, devolved in California after adult use came into play. That they felt a lot more, a lot freer, be uh, even though that they had to get a medical card and they had to go see the doctor and they had to, you know, present some sort of like disability or dispensary and like join the collective and there were all these loopholes that they had to go through, but they felt a lot more freer because they had they actually felt like they had more access to the plant when they were when it was medical because the prices were low. Yeah. So um, I really think that the issue is is we're not letting business do its thing. We're not letting people compete. We're not, if, if people were able to compete, um, instead of just having two or three big dispensaries in Florida, the prices would be a lot lower. That's right. And you know? we, 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 I guess people are more worried about the free market, the, the, the uh, invisible hand of the uh, free market going into places that shouldn't go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> No, and and there there are certain regulations that we do need. Like we need to make sure that this the the actual product is safe for the the consumer. Um, but we don't need to to regulate who can sell it, who can grow it, um, or or, or that, you know, like if, if there was a flood of marijuana in the market, only the good marijuana is what's going to be desirable. You know what I mean? All this crap that they're selling in the dispensaries isn't really desirable, man. Like there's a I've lot of people that. that still go to the black market just because they don't like the shit that's sold in the dispensary. Uh, Josh Rogan, uh, that's the actor, right? Who's I was what one was in Pineapple Express? Seth Rogan. Seth Rogan, the Jewish kid. He had a brand called um, House Plants, uh-huh. and he was trying to get a nice, great uh, boutique strain. It was really well done, and he was letting Canopy do it. Uh-huh. And he separated from Canopy because he felt that he didn't want to be associated with the with a company that was so so big, that they were creating low low quality product. Yeah. And, and he wanted to be a smaller organization and get a better product as opposed to a huge organization that does a lesser product. Which just goes to show you that even in the cannabis industry, as big as it is, bigger is not necessarily better. Yeah, I w- I did a grow tour in Colorado a couple of years back. And uh, they made it a point to take us to two different grows. They took us to a big commercial size grow, and they took us to a small organic grow. Um, and they were really trying to explain the difference on like how how each place grows their cannabis. And even though the there were the, there were SOPs in place in the large grow. Uh, there were literally- standard operating practices for those people who don't speak initials. So, so a sta- there were procedures in place yes. <laughs> in, uh, in in the big grow where literal procedures were like, okay, the the grower has to spend at least five minutes with with each plant. You know, um, well they they made it you know a, a, a mandate. You know, you have to spend this amount of time caring about each plant, right? But, you know, like that, that still, there's a little bit of magic that's taken off there. You know, like the, the guy in the organic row spent more time with each plant because he loved the plant and wanted to make sure it grew right and wanted to make sure that like he talked to it and played music for it and, you know, it smelled good and he didn't use his harmful ingredients. And yeah, dude, like uh, really, really, really like the best thing that we can do is more business. 
That's more right. more business that means more competition. More competition means people actually compete for the, the customer base, which uh-huh. means they feel that quality and, and and variety will actually flourish in that kind yeah. of atmosphere. The problem that we have now is that big cannabis is the only only guys in the game. That's right. And they, what yeah. they call these multi-state operators or MSOs mm-hmm. are just going from state to state to state. And we've actually evolved a couple here. Uh, truly, I think is the biggest multi-state operator that's, that's come from Florida. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody else has been pretty much coming in. And in fact, uh, you know that uh, Truly, uh, they went ahead and they bought Harvest, uh, which was a big organization across the country, to make themselves one of the biggest I don't know if it's going to go through because there's already been a lawsuit uh, that the investors have brought up saying they didn't get get full disclosure when they did it. But hmm. if they can get past that, from what I understand, the the license itself is going to be ejected uh, because you can only own one license. And Trulies already has the biggest operating license in there. So there's going to be a, a paper license floating around. And the question is, who's going to get it? Well, one of the things that they were, that they were talking about as far as the license is concerned, that if you want to even bid on it, Mm-hmm. You have to be somebody who knows how to run a vertical operation and have had, had, had a proven track record. Now, what does that mean for a guy who wants to start up this, his first business or a small mom and pop business all a bit? They're out of the picture already. Here we have one license when, we, when, we, when they're actually not giving out any applications whatsoever. That's going to be available. But it looks like they're, they're gearing it towards another MSO picking it up. Oh, really? Hmm. And so, therefore, it won't be a Florida business, but it'll be another business somebody, that somebody else did well someplace else. And they is true. Is truly the only company that's Florida based? No, yeah. I'm saying I'm saying they're they're the largest uh, MSO. I mean, uh, well, but yeah. but operating in Florida is truly the only one that's actually started here, or no, Knox or whatever they're called now. Uh, well, Knox, which became Fluent, which is actually a company called Cansortium. Yeah, yeah, and Certera, which is actually based out of Atlanta, that is uh, of course parallel now. Okay, so they're they're all over the damn place. Yeah, they are all over the place. And of course, MedMen, <laughs> oh, you guys, what can I say? I mean, I there, that's, there's that, an interesting situation right there because MedMen actually owes approximately four hundred million dollars to uh, a company called Gotham Green Investments that actually put out a uh, a line of credit for them. Which they squandered every penny, and Jeez. now, and of course, with with no federal banking laws that we can access because it's still federally illegal, they can't declare bankruptcy, and so basically, Gotham Green Investments is probably going to take over <laughs> because they, they already, I, I believe, are a uh, majority holder, stockholder now, because of the amount of money that was owed to them. Hey Gary, guess what time it is? What time is it? It is time for the G Spot with ah. Gary Stein. Uh, it's oh, we're back. We're back. We're, we're back. back. Okay. So, so the live stream never died. <laughs> so what happened was there was a power outage. Apparently the live stream stayed on. So we're, we're still, we're still going. Um, so yeah, let's, uh, let's pick up where we left off. Gary, what time is it? Uh, it's time for that thing you called, uh, what's it called again? <laughs> there we go. See, I didn't even have to talk about Adam and Eve. And you, and I didn't get shut off this time, which is good. <laughs> we could blame the dog. We just don't know what happened. I guess it was just a, one of those Ebor City things. 
maybe they're not paying enough people uh, good wages over at the power plant. What do you think? I, I'd we have so much fucking issues with power in this building. It's insane. Well, that's that's the way it works out. But yeah, I say there was a power outage. I'm not blaming the doc. Okay. <laughs> well, let's let's talk about what what what's been on the news. Okay, where you go? Is that what you're? Are you googling cannabis news right now? Uh, no, that's my notes actually. Ah. Yeah. Now we we have a couple of uh, bills that we expected to be heard uh, in Congress. Uh, but as you may, may know, uh, the uh, House has already gone home, and the Senate is going to work, staying there, but only to work on the infrastructure bill. Now, people are saying, well, why didn't they get to the cannabis stuff? Well, maybe because you have to get the infrastructure done first. Sometimes you have to have a, a structure to build your, your industry on, and that's, that's the whole point. And maybe if they get better infrastructure for the electricity here in Ybor City, uh, <laughs> We shouldn't have a problem. But there are some other bills that uh, they haven't been talking about. Of course, we know the SAFE bill, which is the banking bill, has been uh, waiting in the wings, as has the, uh, the reintroduced MORE Act, which will, which will be the, uh, deregul- uh, the uh, <clears throat> re- unscheduling of the medication. And uh, we are hopefully going to see some uh, other progress. There's also an act called the CLAIM Act. Are you familiar with the Claim Act? I'm not. What's okay. going on with the Claim Act? Well, with the federal thing being illegal, not only do we not have access to, to banking, but cannabis uh, owners, operators, and things of that sort don't have access to insurance. Huh. Yeah, no, that's a, that's an issue. Now, do you have any problem with insurance over here in regards to it's the fucking, on It's this? fucking expensive. That's that's my problem with the insurance. Like, I have to go to a guy that claims that he can insure me. <laughs> With CBD, but uh, I really, I really. See, think here we like, are, a, a when, legitimate business. You gotta go to the guy. When, well, like I go to an insurance guy. <laughs> oh, insurance guy. Okay, but, but the insurance here, guy on the corner. Here's the thing, like I really think like there's like this loophole. Like I, I pretty much remember reading our contract like three years ago, and I'm pretty sure that because we sell hemp, they can provide us the insurance. Like I can pay them for the insurance, mm-hmm. but they can deny me on just about any claim I make. Yeah, they could, and uh, that won't be, that's, that's not exactly helpful when it comes to insurance because no, the whole like point of, of being of having insurance is to be able to claim that kind of situations. Yeah, I don't want to have to fucking pay <laughs> pay insurance when I don't get anything out of it. You know what I mean? Well, that is what we're we're, we're planning on getting through, as well as the Safe Act, as well as the the Schumer plan, which is actually a draft at this point in time, to uh, to possibly get legalization going forward. But it's it's going to be. I hate to use baby steps as a thing, but we're, we're kind of stuck in that mode. Of course, as you know, generally babies when they take steps, they tend to fall on their face. Yeah, they crawl, right? Yeah. Well, they don't know. We're talking about steps. We're not talking about crawling. We're done crawling. Well, I'm personally done crawling. My it, knees hurt too much. Babies crawl though. Babies crawl, but when they try stepping, when they try walking, they fall. They they, they tend to fall, and that's mm-hmm. what that's basically where we're going. Maybe we need some um, some strong strides and some strong feet, and an organization and a business that's built on more than a few organizations. Otherwise, you end up being like a, a three legged stool, so to speak. Mm-hmm. That's basically what what one of the things that uh, Adam Smith was talking about in uh, <clears throat> in the in the nation situation, that you have to have competition you have to have more legs on the stool for a, a solid economy because if you have an oligopoly things can fall down very very quickly and that's what we, pretty much what we have in florida we have 22 licenses of uh, which uh what 14 are active right now we used to be 15 then then uh, 
harvest went went bye-bye. And of course, MedMen is only halfway there right now. Everybody else is either starting up uh, slowly or they're just still waiting for adult use. I'm not exactly certain what it is. Mm. So I do know that this next bit, this next session, there will be a bill that basically says that if you aren't cultivating uh, after at, at this point in time, you will lose your license and it'll be uh, up for grabs, which is good. I mean, we, we, we have gone so long and, you, you know, Facebook has this memory thing, right? Where every once in a while it tells you this is what you posted seven years ago. And, mm-hmm. and you look at that and they say, holy shit, I had a hairline then. No, but basically it's, it says, you know, this happened 10 years ago. This happened three years ago, seven years ago today. Were, were pictures that I took at one of the last conferences to develop the application process for uh, the low THC uh, dispensaries at that point in time, they called them before they started calling them uh, or dispensing uh, entities or dispensing centers before they started calling them MMTC when we had medical. And uh, that's when they finally came up with the process that we give out the first five licenses. And they did that. And there hasn't been another process ever since. Mm-mm. And it, it it seems like such a damn long time ago. I mean, yeah, that was ages ago. I was surprised that the Matt Gates put that forward, uh, the CBD laws, right? He put that forward, right? Well, yeah, Matt Gates, uh, if, if you can call him a, a hero of Florida's uh, cannabis industry, uh, he's kind of a double-edged sword. He's really not. A, he's pretty. He's pretty horrible, actually. But he was somebody who helped us move that bill forward. And actually started the industry, and well, it was able to grow from there. But I'm, well, it may have not been the most cleanest Matt, of motives. Matt Gates had the foresight to know that an industry was coming, and he wanted to make sure that his party had set down rules to regulate it. Correct. And uh, that's why we're still under this fucking CBD law, uh, you know, application process that you spent all that time talking about. And and what did the industry do to try to compensate for that? Because so many people are cut off from the uh, the Delta Nine THC yeah. market. Delta Eight appeared. Delta Eight, which was a which is a very very minor uh, cannabinoid that, that exists in hemp, mm-hmm. can be emphasized by putting it in an acid bath, uh-huh. and therefore you have a reaction that puts more Delta Eight into the product that you you have right now, mm-hmm. and and, that, and then they make gummies out of it and things of that sort. And there's been a lot of controversy about it, but and some states have actually banned it, mm-hmm. which brings me to my next little little tidbit of news. For those of you who aren't familiar with the Champs Conference, that is one of the biggest trade shows in the country. Uh, we, we had it here in Orlando, gosh, about four or five years ago, I think it was. Uh, well, they, they do one in Orlando every year. And actually, at the end of the, the whole coronavirus thing, or I mean, it's starting back up, but... Um, when things were starting to open back up, they, they held two conferences last year in Orlando. Well, the big, big one was it was in Vegas this last week, mm-hmm. and, there, and there was an incident. Huge, way bigger than the Orlando shows. Exactly. I go to champs all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and, and just to show you the dynamic of this industry, somebody put out a rumor as to what was actually going down, and it was totally opposite of what actually happened. Mm-hmm. I mean, <clears throat> first, they were, they were already told in Nevada, Delta 8 is illegal. And so, therefore, you cannot put advertising for Delta 8 on your displays and things of that sort, mm. which I thought was interesting because we had conferences here in, in Florida before we had a full medical legalization. And I saw booths where people sell, who were selling carts to fill and things of that sort mm. when, we did, when it was not legal to even be able to put, have anything to put in them at that, that point in time. 
but mm -hmm. nobody was shot down for just having uh, advertising of products that were essentially not legal to use here in the state of Florida. Yeah, you could advertise it in a certain way. I don't think you were able to like if they were saying you could put weed concentrates in here, they were they were doing illegal shit. Well, what what happened over there in in Vegas was first off, there was waves of headlines across the country saying DEA raids champs conference. And they were saying the DEA was there, FBI was there, they had a sweep, half the vendors got got handcuffed and put into trucks and taken away or their 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 display was taken down. That didn't happen. No. <laughs> It, 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 nice going, guys, but uh, no, you, you, you stirred the pot, but the pot wasn't there. Mm -hmm. Well, it was there, but it, it was so, uh, being smoked outside and the, when the guys were so, hotboxing. So here's what I heard actually happened, right? Um, I don't think Delta 8 is actually illegal in Nevada. I think there's certain rules on how you advertise it. I'm not necessarily sure about that. I could be wrong. But essentially, either way, between our two our two stories here, Marketing for Delta 8 is not allowed in Nevada, no. <laughs> regardless of whether or not it's legal. Um, so, so uh, and, and Champs Trade Show actually told vendors this. And one thing that you can do for marketing um, Delta 8 for sure is hand out samples, right? And vendors at the Champs Show were told by the Champs people that they were not allowed to do this. Here's the thing about champs putting down rules, right? They typically, like, there's a lot of egos and a lot of people in this business that tend to do whatever the fuck they want. <laughs> so Notice that. People do whatever the fuck they want at champs. There's definitely people, like, every year they say no smoking, and there's definitely every year a couple of people who try to smoke weed on the champs uh uh, trade show floor. I, bl I blame, I blame the sativas for that kind of confidence. <laughs> so, um, I heard that the state attorney went to the champ show, right? Somebody tried to hand them a free sample, right? Happened to be a Delta eight sample. I'm not, I'm not necessarily, I think it's a state attorney, man. I really should like research before I get on the show. Go, no, go ahead. Cause, <laughs> cause you're, you're telling the story that was basically broadcast across the country that raised a lot of eyebrows. And well, so later well, on, I'll correct you. Like I do with everybody with the, uh, well, the anti-vax stuff. Well, here's the thing is that like, uh, uh that's how that's, what I hear, like how they figured out, like the the, the advertising was actually happening, was like these the samples were being handed out. One sample was actually handed to the wrong person. I believe it was a state attorney. I'm not sure, but um, what happened the next day is instead of opening up the champs trade show floor, and um, right away, uh, the uh, one of the alphabet people, I'm not necessarily sure. I probably not the DEA. Uh, ended up showing up at the show. JFK Jr. JFK CIA. <laughs> he's, still he's still alive from what <laughs> I hear. Goddamn CIA is trying to shut down the cha champ show. <laughs> so they show they show up there, right? Um, they won't let anybody into the floor, right? At some point, they let vendors in. Vendors head to their booth. Then they don't let the the retailers in. Champs is a, a business to business show, so retailers are people that go to Champs to buy products to sell to customers. Yes. So they let the re they don't let the retailers in. They hold the vendors at their tables. They go table to table, and instead of arresting people like everybody thought that they were doing, they just basically told that everybody they need to black out all the Delta Eight marketing. <laughs> <laughs> so they had banners like this where they had Delta Eight written on it. Right. So they had to put tape or and I had this one vendor that basically told me 
that what they had to do was for all their little bottles of gummies, they had to Sharpie. scratch out with a Sharpie, the Delta 8, and then they were fine. Well, yeah, that, and, that, and that, was, that was almost partially true. Okay. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> no, 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 that's fine because, you know, when, when, a, when a story gets that kind of life to it, it's, it's no stopping it. But the fact was the attorney general was not there. Attorney General. Yeah, he, he was about 100 miles north in Carson City. Carson City. That's where, that, that's where his office is. And, he, and he, he had some of his minions down there in, in plain clothes <laughs> and basically city officials and people who were from the convention center. Mm-hmm. Now, one, thing, one other rule besides the, the Delta 8 advertising thing was that, especially in the age of COVID, you can't just hand out food unless you are in a registered vendor that, are, that is regulated and therefore is involved in their insurance if anything goes wrong with the food they serve. That kind oh, of situation. Shit. Yeah, okay. And so a non-infused gummy was given to one of these plain clothes guys who are from the city, and that raised the eyebrows that, okay, we told them not to give out any samples, and the first thing that happens is someone hands us a sample. It doesn't make any difference whether it's infused or not. The whole idea is you're not supposed to hand out any food whatsoever. And so therefore, after that, they said, as long as we're here, we see that you're doing violations in regards to the Delta 8 advertising. It's all got to come down. If you have any Delta 8 product, put it back in your damn car. Don't have it even on your table because it's illegal here to, to possess and use in the state of Nevada. And then you can go ahead and finish your, your show and that kind of stuff. And some folks, they only had Delta 8, which is, you know, yeah. not, not a good diversity plan. They, they paid thousands of dollars just to set up a table to sell Delta 8. Yeah, well, they knew that, that people didn't know the rules, supposedly. And, of course, this guy, you saw him on video saying, look, we, we know, we're not stupid. If, they, if you start putting triangles over your booth, they'll know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> the whole idea is you, you cannot advertise Delta 8 in any way, shape, or form, and you definitely can't give out samples, and you shouldn't have it displayed on your table where somebody could grab it and pocket it and, and use it in the back room and all that kind of stuff. It basically is almost the same thing in regards to cannabis use in public. So then what about uh, my Enjoy vendor who just like sharpied out uh, Delta 8 on his product? He probably got corrected afterwards and told him that wasn't good enough. He had to pull his product. Oh, okay. I hope he still made money because I'm pretty sure that's all he brought. (laughs) (laughs) That just goes to show you how 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 passionate our industry gets sometimes. Mm -hmm. And these false narratives, they just develop a life of their own. And that's just the way it stood out as far as that was concerned. But definitely one thing you can tell at the Champs show, as a trade show, is there's a hell of a lot of money in the ancillary businesses, in the, uh, in the paraphernalia and everything else that's involved in cannabis right now. And sometimes when, when money rules, it really does change people's motivations. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the way it's, it stands right now. And uh, we're supposed to have a medical program here in the state of Florida. And I can't emphasize this enough. A medical program is actually supposed to have a medical basis to it. And if you look at an eighth that you buy at any of the dispensaries here, it says on the, on the sticker that you pull off so you can see what actually it is on it, that uh, <clears throat> use as directed by doctor. Mm. Now, that's interesting because if you go into a, a, a dispensary and say, my doctor wants me to have this particular strain for this, for this particular uh, condition that I have, you're not always going to get the, yeah. the strain that your doctor wanted you to have. So how can you uh, how can you use it as written or as directed by the pharmacist when, it, when as your your doctor when it's not necessarily the product that your doctor was pushing? I don't see a lot of doctors actually sitting in their offices talking about yes, you need to have a good butter or a decent wax with this with, with this amount of isolate in it 
generally they're going to say, you know, you need to look for a, a strain with this kind of terpene profile, this kind of cannabinoid profile. But that is lost right. somewhere between the doctor's office and the MMTC. So how do we change that connection? Okay. Somebody walking into Tree Leaf is like, my, do- my doctor said I need cat piss. <laughs> my doctor said alaskan thunder fucks for me <laughs> it says it on the damn prescription right there right there <laughs> but i think that would, it, it would behoove the mmtcs as we're moving forward if you really want to be a medical program and not be a pretend adult use program which yeah. is basically what it is right now because if somebody tells – when I ask them about a particular strain and I ask them if it's good for, say, for instance, Crohn's disease and they tell me that it will knock me off my ass, that is not necessarily a medical term. That That's – okay. So that's the thing here is like that's that's one of the things about the show is that sometimes it ends up being like I'm beating a dead horse here because like we're not going to be able to – we need to standardize things. And in we order do. to standardize things, we need federal legalization. We do. We're really like these MMTCs are not going to be able to satisfy that. Uh, or the doctor is not going to be – I don't really see a solution for that. I mean, MS, MSOs legaliz- legalization and a standardization across the country. MSOs are are huge organizations, and their basic uh, motivate motivation is to take care of the stockholders because a lot of them had had IPOs out there, or they got worked with, they they worked with a special project acquisition company that went ahead and and bought them, and they have to pay them back eventually, and so they got they got to make money, and so they'll do it, you know in whatever manner they can. And therefore, when you go into a store, you're not necessarily going to get a, a person behind the counter who's interested in knowing what exact strain you actually need for your exact condition. They are trying to build a sale. Mm-hmm. And from a business standpoint, there's nothing wrong with that, especially if it was an adult use market. Yeah. But when it, when it comes to a medical market, I mean, if you go into a pharmacy and you ask the pharmacist about a medication that your doctor prescribed for you, he'll tell you exactly what it's all about, what the side effects are, whether it, uh, how it works, for that, how, you should be, how you should be dosing it out, whether you should be having food with it or not food with it, that kind of thing. That kind of detail of information, you're not going to get necessarily as follow-up from what your doctor was recommending. Mm-hmm. So what do you do? I mean, we, it, it, I, I understand it's hard when you're hiring minimum wage employees, and we know what MMTCs we're talking about here as far as minimum wage. Uh, they know who they are. But anyways, I, I, it, when you're at that pay grade, the Walmart do you, marijuana. Do, you, do you really need to have the, the knowledge base of a registered pharmacist who's, mm. who, who understands cannabis pharmacology, which are few and far between? Well, as Greg Gardman has told me, very, very few uh, um, pharmacists at all have any idea about uh, cannabis pharmacology. Again, I'm beating a dead horse here because like – uh, I I had to learn a lot about marijuana when I worked in the industry in Cali. And a big reason for that is because we were competing with a lot of people that knew what the fuck they were talking about. You know, so, legacy folks who were doing this long before it was legal? Yes, yes, yes. The legacy market people, <laughs> the people that know how to actually grow weed and have years of experience, it's not verifiable. There's somebody taking her picture. <laughs> well, good because we got our we got our background now. See that that really does make us legitimate, doesn't it? Isn't I that, guess so. Isn't that beautiful? It's nice. Can't really read the letters. Now we got something to bring to all the trade shows, right? Yeah. Now we can go to the champ show and block out D8 on our signs. So when we do trade shows and we do the shows over there, are we uh, kind of restricted by our language? We we can't say things like fuck. We can say fuck at trade shows. 
Fuck yeah. You, you just can't say fucking if we're, when we're on the radio. Well, no, we won't. We won't go on the radio. Okay. But we will be on Twitch, right? Where where else are we on? Where else is this show on? <laughs> At the bottom, Twitch, Facebook Live, Twitter Live. That's, that's, YouTube. Level, that's under the table kind of stuff under the table <laughs> you can't see under here <laughs> you can't see the r behind my back but it's in the top corner well anyway so we do have mm mso's coming to the state and they are already there now they've been buying up the various licenses and they're they're changing the face of things and uh when, when, when big business is involved, you kind of lose that small town feel, that small uh, business feel. I mean, you go into Chillum, you get personal service. Mm-hmm. I mean, and everything is warm and warm and cozy and fun and cuddly over here. Whereas sometimes the, uh, the MMTCs, they look kind of sterile. There's no cuddling allowed at Chillum. <sighs> <laughs> not legally. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm warm and fuzzy is not necessarily in a a sexual harassment type aspect. I'm just talking about the fact that it, it, it feels like a like you're you know in a family business. That kind of Thank thing. Thank you. <laughs> well, um, we're 45 minutes in. I think we're, we're we've done our job here. You you, uh, you got more news? More news? Well, let me think now. I can tell you for a fact that uh, <laughs> while we're while we're struggling here and 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 trying to move things forward. The big guys are there making money, so let's hope that they eventually get to the point where they realize that they need to pay their employees more uh-huh. and get get their folks registered or at least have an RPH on staff to do telehealth for questions they can't answer. Because if I go into a, a MMTC and I ask him a question, I expect a good answer. I actually did have one guy who, who told me, uh, actually was it was the guy next to me, was asking the guy behind the counter if he had a strain that was good for migraines. Uh-huh. And he said, uh, I don't know, man, this, this could be good. He said, oh, do you have migraines too? He said, no, nah, I just haven't tried it yet. <laughs> I mean, the, the, average, the average pharmacist does not necessarily try all the pills so they can tell you exactly how they work. But uh, supposedly some of these people actually feel that that's what they have to do in, in their industry. But Well, you, you, I, the problem I see there is that you shouldn't recommend a pro- uh, cannabis. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. This has been the rotation, and you have been a part of it. You can be a bigger part of it by joining Suncoast Normal. Suncoast Normal is an organization that can help you make the change that we all need. Go to the Suncoast Normal website and become a member. Because that is how you become part of the change. You can find the Rotation Podcast on both SoundCloud and iTunes. But you can always join us in the Rotation at suncoastnormal.org. At that very website, you can join the cannabis movement by becoming a member of Suncoast Normal, gain access to cannabis events, cannabis info, Normal's legal network, and even a free membership to National. All by joining Suncoast Normal. That website again is suncoastnorml.org. You can also find us on social media at Suncoast Normal. Uh, find us on both Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you, Gary. And good night. Good night.